Okay, we will get to all the Liz Cheney stuff coming up. Look, it's very simple. The moment that Liz Cheney voted to impeach her own president, she impeached, she betrayed the leader of her party and the president of the United States. And at that moment, she was lucky that she lasted as long as she did because that sealed her fate right there. But And the people who say, well, Liz Cheney... But she's conservative. Look at her voting record. She's a real, true conservative. How can you kick her out of her leadership? Look, number one, I'm not convinced that she's very conser- as conservative as everybody makes her out to be, but it doesn't matter. Trump is the leader of the party. And another point, which everybody kind of, nobody wants to really spe- speak out publicly, but it's so obvious, is that Trump knows how to win. Even if Trump wasn't, he happens to be extremely conservative. But more importantly for the Republican Party, Trump is a winner. He knows how to win. And that is so rare. Let's be honest. The Republican Party is full of a bunch of leaders who just simply have no clue how to win. All right. So Mayor Bill de Blasio is increasing funding to the NYPD. Yes, you heard me correctly. De Blasio is boosting, increasing funding. Well, isn't that a shocker? Because crime is surging out of control in New York City, thanks to Mayor Bill de Blasio and his pathetic anti-police policies is defunding the police where he took away a huge chunk of the budget of the NYPD because he doesn't believe in cops. And of course, he disbanded the anti-crime unit. And that's why crime and shootings and gun violence in New York City and homelessness all surging out of control. So now, by the way, de Blasio also released thousands of inmates. So look at the recipe here that de Blasio put together, the genius. Crime is, he, 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 he defunded the police in New York. He disbanded the anti-crime unit, the most effective unit in all of the NYPD. He released thousands and thousands of inmates. Remember, he blamed it on COVID. He's also anti-bail. But he released thousands of inmates from prison. And then suddenly, crime is surging out of control. It already wasn't good under de Blasio. Now, isn't that a shocker? Gee whiz, who would have predicted? I mean, these crazy, twisted liberals not understanding the obvious consequences for their insane policies. You know, Joe Biden, hey, let's reverse all of Trump's border policies. Wait a second. Now there's hundreds of thousands of of illegals coming across the border. Well, I never would have predicted that. Could these liberals be any more any bigger buffoons? Yeah, let's release criminals, get rid of cops, allow rampant homeless. I mean, like my eight year old child could have told you exactly what was going to happen. So now de Blasio is increasing the funding to the police. Well, what a racist. How dare he actually increase funding to the NYPD? All right, so the latest details on the situation in Israel. Uh, We have confirmed uh, that the Israelis, as we told you last time, brilliantly manipulated the media. I mean, the media, they feel so foolish right now. But the Israelis, they must have been planning this strategy for years totally manipulated the media, totally used the media who has been so against Israel, who has abused Israel for so many years, and Israel tricked the the, the media into believing that there was an imminent ground invasion. The media ran with it. The media reported it. And then the next thing you know, apparently all these Hamas terrorists are heading down into the tunnels, thinking that that was their safest spot. That would be protection. And it turned out to be a death trap. And we have no idea. It's very possible that hundreds, obviously Hamas is not going to go and announce that they were trapped and that they fell for this. And there, you, by the way, there we go again with the media. It's like you just assume because the Israeli army is announcing on Twitter and putting out a statement, we are going to be beginning our ground invasion. A ground invasion is imminent. All the Israelis tell us. I mean, do you think they also tell you like their whole strategy? Like they tell you like where they're going to enter and how they're going to do it and how many units and all. I mean, 
The, the, the usually militaries, at least intelligent militaries, they don't go and announce to the media their detailed strategy before they do it. They usually like to keep these things a bit of a surprise for the enemy. So how silly is it for the media and people who tell me, well, but the Israelis, usually they actually follow through when they make these kinds of announcements. Maybe, maybe not. I haven't followed it closely enough. I don't know it's possible. But that just means the Israelis may have been planning this trap for 10 or 15 years. You know, it's one of those things that they they use it at the moment that they use it and they plan it and they plot it and they prepare for it for many, many years and they lure the media into believing that whatever they say is going to come true and then bam, this shocker that uh, totally, totally throws everybody for a major, major curveball. And uh, Democrats now are blasting Israel because the Israelis actually have flattened a building that houses the AP and Al Jazeera. So a media-controlled building, or, me- or at least a building that, has been, that was being used as the headquarters. And as a, a relative of mine pointed out, no, there's really no headquarters. The AP and the other reporters, the other mainstream media reporters, they're always reporting out of Israel and out of Jerusalem. They don't report out of Gaza. So Gaza, what they do, ha- what they do have in Gaza is they'll just have these Palestinians who, you know, they call themselves like associates, but like they're just like, they're just freelancers basically who are sending pictures and sending stories to the AP and to these other news agencies. So it's not like even these are Palestinians. They're clearly controlled by the Palestinian terrorists and by the government. So it's not even like as though AP actually, you know, owns a part of this building. But uh, either way, the media is up in arms. The media says you can't attack reporters because... Now, now by the way, obviously the Israelis didn't hurt anybody. They, they warned people hours in advance to evacuate the building. So it's not even a question of hurting people. It's just that the media feels betrayed. The media can't stand it when, you know, people actually turn on them. They, they, they think, because they're, they're like at the center of their own universe. So it's like, it, they think it's all about them. The media thinks... That everything that goes on, I mean, they're there to report the news and just basically stay out of it. They're, they're supposed to be silent. They're supposed to just give us over facts. But they don't view themselves that way. They, they view themselves as the story itself. So, of course, this kind of thing is going to really offend them. But Democrats also are blasting Israel, saying you cannot attack um, reporters. You cannot attack journalists. And Israel saying... We don't want to attack journalists, but once again, we have Hamas using human shields because Israel says that they have irrefutable proof that Hamas was operating out of that building that was housing AP and Al Jazeera journalists. And and in fact, the Israelis say, and, and nobody's disputing this, that they showed U.S. officials smoking gun evidence that Hamas was operating out of the same building. The AP says... We're not aware that Hamas was operating in this building, as though the AP would know. And number one, I don't trust the AP necessarily. Number two, I don't know that the AP would even know it. I don't know that Hamas would announce it, or maybe they would just keep it a secret. You know, every single office, what goes on behind closed doors in in, in a building? Of course not. But the point is that the Israelis, once again, Hamas, they go where the children are, where the kindergartens are, where the school children are, where the elderly are. They go to civilian areas. They do this. This is exactly their tactic. They want the media to blast the Israelis, they want to create propaganda, fake, phony propaganda to make the Israelis look like the bad guys. So, of course, they are going to house themselves in uh, AP news facilities because that's exactly what they want to lure Israel into bombing those facilities so they could spin it around and try to turn it against Israel. Meanwhile, Israel doesn't care. They are leveling Gaza. And this is like a scorched earth policy at this point. The Israelis, they don't even care what anybody has to say about them. No matter what they do, we know they're going to get criticized. In fact, a listener of mine made the point that like you have the media trying to equate 
the Israeli military with Hamas terrorists. Now, the number one, the Israelis may not have killed, we don't know for sure the Israelis have killed any Hamas civilians in Gaza, any, I should say, Palestinian civilians in Gaza. We know that they've killed a bunch of terrorists, but do we really know? They're saying that there have been civilians killed in Gaza. That may be true, but what we also know is that Hamas themselves, they kill their own citizens, and they enjoy it because it gives them, again, more propaganda. So what they'll do is they'll shoot the rockets uh, from civilian areas, and specifically from schoolyards and et cetera, right nearby, and then if they misfire, I mean, there have been hundreds of rockets, hundreds of rockets. By the way, they have fired, we'll get to the numbers in a moment, but hundreds of rockets that have actually just fallen right down in Gaza that haven't, haven't been able to reach their target or even get out of Gaza. So... Many of those rockets perhaps are landing in civilian areas. That's where they that's where they're shot from, launched from to begin with. So how do we know when they report when 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 Gaza says the 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 bogus health ministry says that 20, 30, 40 civilians in Gaza have been killed? How do we know that that's done by the Israelis? Maybe it's done even if you believe it to be true. Maybe it's done by Hamas themselves. So we don't even know that. But the, but the, getting back to the listener's point, which is that. How can you equivocate? You have Hamas, they are specifically targeting civilians. The Israelis, even if they accidentally and inadvertently kill a civilian here and there, they're trying everything they can. They bend over backward not to. They give all sorts of warnings, and they make sure buildings are evacuated. In fact, they even called off uh, an attack today, a strike today, when they were worried that civilians might actually be in the building, the Israelis. So you have Hamas specifically, if, when Hamas hears that there are civilians in a building, they specifically aim for that building, the Israelis. When they hear that there are civilians, they specifically avoid that building or get the civilians out there intending not to kill civilians. And maybe occasionally they mistakenly kill a civilian, but it's totally, totally not comparable, obviously. And, and yet this narrative, you would never, if you just read and follow the mainstream media, the AP, the New York Times, etc., CNN... It, it, they certainly don't make it sound anything like the reality. Meanwhile, Israel has been attacked, and we have a lot of other news to get to, Biden, COVID, etc. Israel has been attacked by the most rockets ever in this short a time frame. So this is, for Israel, this is the, they are facing the highest ever rate of rocket attacks. Since Monday when the attack began, um, there have been over, about 3,000 rockets fired toward Israel. Now again, some of those didn't end up landing in Israel, but oh, about 3,000 rockets Fired toward Israel, but that surpasses the record pace of attack in the 2006 war with Hezbollah in Lebanon. That's according to Major General Ori Gordon. Um, he says that in 2006, Hezbollah, which of course is is the Iranian um, terror group that's that's based in Lebanon, uh, they they shot 4,500 rockets at Israel, but that was over a period of 19 days. Here it's been what seven days, and we're talking about 3,000 rockets. So the rockets are firing out of control here. The, the, the pace is just shocking, just just an astonishing pace. And meanwhile, you have these people talking about how the Israelis, you have to have a proportional response. You can't have a disproportionate retaliation. It has to be proportionate, which is just, that whole concept is absurd. They're trying to, they're terrorists, they're trying to kill Israelis, they are killing Israelis. Uh, you have to do everything possible to stop them. It doesn't matter. That, the pro- proportionate doesn't mean, well, 50 rockets against 50 rockets. It means... They're shooting at us, so we have to do everything that we can to stop them. If it means leveling them, that's a proportionate response. Proportionate response means they can't shoot any more rockets. Netanyahu, his response was great. He said, well, I want to see the United States. I want to see 2,900, 3,000 rockets being fired toward New York City, Washington, D.C. Pick your city in the, in the United States. I want to see 3,000 rockets heading toward a U.S. city or multiple U.S. cities, and then I want to see the response of the U.S., and I want to see their proportional response. Can you imagine? Imagine rockets flying over the air 
in United States cities. I mean, can you, the response, I mean, they would suddenly send 50,000 troops. It would be it would literally be, a, a, you know, a, a war. All right. Meanwhile, an assemblywoman from Brooklyn, a New York assemblywoman, she put out this vicious anti-Semite, put out a tweet um, with a map of the Middle East. But Israel was deleted. Israel was removed from the map and it was replaced with Palestine. So I wonder what the message is there. This is Assemblywoman Farah Soufrant Forrest, and she's being blasted, and she has since deleted the tweet. I mean, this is just egregious. But um, this Assemblywoman from Brooklyn, and, and part of her district actually covers some of Crown Heights, she says she was misunderstood. Again, she put out this tweet that replaced a map of Israel with a map of Palestine, and then she adorned Palestine with flowers and she says it was misun. She was mis. Her tweet was misunderstood. She's misunderstood. People are accusing her of being an anti-Semite, of being anti anti-Israel. They don't understand. Well, what exactly was it misunderstood? I mean, you deleted like 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 if somebody deleted your district off of a map of New York, like and then replaced it with like I don't know what with Israel with some with 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 a district of uh what you name it all white people would that be misunderstood? In fact. The, it, it is impossible to misunderstand. It is like it is so clear. It is so evident. It is so obvious. You 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 made it impossible to misunderstand. You made your your intentions there so abundantly clear. All right. So meanwhile, let's talk about the Biden presidency here. It's been a total disaster. It it is exactly everything we predicted. I I, I think Biden did it a little faster. I think he made a a total mess of things a little bit faster than I expected. I thought it would take maybe six months. For his presidency to be catastrophic, he managed to do it in in, in a shorter time frame. And amazingly, his uh, his approval numbers are relatively high. They're higher than Trump's approval numbers. And all that goes to show is how much the mainstream media is hiding and burying the truth and how much they're brainwashing the country. But we, here we have the border crisis is out of control. It's getting worse and worse by the week. They're not even pretending to solve it. Kamala Harris, she laughs it off. She doesn't even care. Biden doesn't care. Nobody cares. Iran is really close to developing nuclear weapons. They're enriching uranium to an extremely high level of purity. I mean, terrifying stuff. Hamas is out of control. The inflation rate just reported last week is out of control. Government spending is out of control. The colonial pipeline, you see this disaster with the colonial pipeline where it was hacked and for days and days there was an oil crisis. I mean, uh, oil prices have been surging out of control. There were gas lines in some states. And um, and then this huge ransom was paid. Like, where's the accountability? Where's the culpability? Has anybody been fired? You literally had these Russian hackers hacking in to the, this massive pipeline, to one of the largest oil pipelines in the United States. And they hacked into it. They had to pay them ransom. Remember, they, they, tried to, they, they tried to lie about it and say that they didn't pay any ransomware. But then the truth came out. They paid them a huge ransom in order to get this colonial pipeline back on. And... Um, and, and and where's the accountability? Who let this happen? How how is it possible? There's supposed to be cybersecurity in place. I mean, do you know how well? Do you know how dangerous this is? You have hackers able to hack into these things. Obviously, the repercussions are unfathomable. And like, has anybody been fired? Is there any accountability? I haven't heard of any. I mean, is, is Congress going to hold hearings about this? Not that congressional hearings really do anything anyway. But I think somebody maybe should go to jail. I mean, if you're if your job is cybersecurity and you allow something like this to happen on your watch, you should be fired immediately. And, you know, maybe they should look into if there are possible criminal charges. I'm not saying that anybody here committed a crime, but like it's it, it's totally, totally disgraceful and inexcusable 
that the cybersecurity people are not doing a better job here in uh, allowing a a huge huge uh, oil pipeline to be to be hacked with ran- with ransomware. And uh, meanwhile, back to the disaster Biden presidency, nobody wants to work because of all the unemployment um, benefits they're getting. Businesses are not able to operate. They cannot find employees. So these businesses are being forced to shut down. Despite the COVID restrictions being loosened, a lot of businesses are not able to reopen. Um, And yet, as I said, Biden's approval rating should be in the tank. And they're not very high, but they're relatively high. Trump, he was... He did so many positive things. I mean, look at black people. Trump was the greatest president that ever happened to black people. I mean, lowest unemployment, black unemployment rate in history. Wages were high. Trump got them jobs. He got them out of jail. And Trump's approval numbers uh, amongst blacks were terrible, dreadful. And, uh, and I'm sure Biden's approval numbers by black people is very high. It's because the media paints a false narrative. They're always, always going to protect Biden and always going to destroy. I mean, Biden is so much worse for the blacks. Trump's presidency was so much better for the blacks. And uh, the media just totally, totally whitewashes and ignores all of Biden's negatives. By the way, you're never going to hear this anywhere else. Trump saved millions of lives. The vaccine, Operation Warp Speed, Trump saved millions and millions and millions of lives. He gets bashed for the way he handled COVID. Biden gets credit. I don't know what Biden did. They distributed vaccines. They were distributing vaccines without Biden. Biden did nothing. He said you have to wear masks on federal property. Oh, and by the way, nobody listened, including Biden. But Trump gets zero credit despite being responsible for saving countless lives. And Biden is actually taking the credit for that. So it really is just quite disturbing and and, and disgraceful. All right. Meanwhile, Liz Cheney has been ousted from power. She She was the number three leader in the House behind Kevin McCarthy, Steve Scalise, and now she has been removed from power. The Republicans have ousted Liz Cheney, rightfully so, and uh, they have replaced her with Elise Stefanik. Elise Stefanik, relatively new um, to Congress. Uh, she's a congresswoman from New York, but of course she has been a very vocal, extremely staunch defender of Trump, especially during the first impeachment. And uh, you know that Trump handpicked, hand-selected Elise Stefanik because of her support of, his, uh, of him, of the president. Now, in case you had any doubt of who the real leader of the party was, Liz Cheney, I don't know if she miscalculated or what, but it is very clear. This this ousting of Liz Cheney makes it clear beyond the shadow of any doubt that President Trump is still the leader of the Republican Party, hands down. This proves it. This solidifies it. Trump is the leader of the Republican Party, and Liz Cheney, her career is all but finished. She may actually lose her seat in Wyoming. And look, as I said, she voted to impeach President Trump, the leader of her own party, a president from her own party, and they still they still let her continue at that point. Kevin McCarthy still supported Liz Cheney after she impeached Trump, but she did not stop there. She has been obsessing over the Capitol riots. She has been obsessing over the claims of election fraud, so she threw her own party under the bus. And look, I, I have no problem if you want to try to prevent another insurrection, another capital riot, that's fine. But you can't harp on that as though that's the country's biggest problem, all the while ignoring the real major problem here right now facing the country, with it, which is something somebody named Joe Biden, who's you know prancing around, acting like he's president of the United States, and the man has no clue what's going on. And the people who control him, probably Obama, by the way, they are just completely just making an absolute disaster of the country, you know, fulfilling all these radical leftist fantasies that we've been terrified they would exactly, that's exactly what they would try to do. They've done it. Um, So here's the thing. Liz Cheney 
has been humiliated. And the media, the mainstream media, MSNBC, CNN, they were celebrating. She's actually, Liz Cheney actually appeared, I think her first interview after she got voted out of her leadership role was with MSNBC, if I'm not mistaken. And, and like she's literally crossing over to the other side. The media, they love this. Well, l- we're going to get into a minute why uh, the media is so obsessive over the Liz Cheney story. But on the most basic level, you know, they're looking at this as discord. They're, they're, they're trying to paint this narrative as like, and by the way, nobody cares about Liz Cheney. Nobody in the country cares. Most people haven't heard of her. I know you think, well, we're engaged in politics. We know all about Liz Cheney. Most people are not aware of the nitty gritty that goes on in the House. This is something political junkies are into. And the media is obsessing over it. We'll get to why in a moment. But but on the very most basic level, the media is looking at Liz Cheney as a martyr. I mean, they despise Liz Cheney. The fact that she's crossing over it, what the media did to her father, Dick Cheney, you know, calling him a war criminal, et cetera, accusing him of the most vicious, horrifying things during the Iraq war. And uh, and, and, and the way Liz and the way Liz, Liz Cheney herself has been treated by the media. And she knows how the, the how how, how the, the you know, the media treats the Republicans as a bunch of dishrags. So she's been victimized by that for all these years. And now she's going and like getting all cozy with them. You know, frankly, you know, that itself is, is, is really, you know, a little just sickening. But, um, but, but, but again, the, the country's collapsing before our eyes here. And Liz Cheney, she's focusing on Trump and on election fraud and on uh, the Capitol riots. That's just not the key to leadership right there. But then there's another reason that the media has been focused on this. And I read this in an op-ed in uh, one conservative news outlet, I don't remember which one, quote, the reason for the press's obsession with Liz Cheney, in the absence of the press's obsessive coverage, they might have to focus on the calamitous effects of the first five months of the Biden presidency. The border is overrun with illegals. Inflation is on the rise. The number of available jobs in the private sector grows as unemployment increases. The free market, it turns out, cannot compete against the government using tax dollars to subsidize unemployment. There are gas lines and energy price increases. Um, as the humor site, the Babylon, Babylon B headlines, quote, Biden continues rollback of Trump policies like peace in the Middle East, end quote. There's also a crime wave in major urban and suburban areas around the country, end quote. So it, basically the point of this is that the media would rather focus on Liz Cheney and the discord of the Republican Party, even though nobody really cares about that, because that way they can avoid the elephant in the room, which is the disaster known as the Biden presidency. Meanwhile, Joe Biden has reversed the Trump executive order, the public charge rule. Remember, this is for for legal immigrants that President Trump put out this order, this rule that would prevent legal immigrants from obtaining visas if they could not prove that they would not be living off of government programs. So essentially, Trump doing something which is such a no brainer, which is if immigrants want to come over and get a visa, well, they have to make it clear that they have some way to support themselves. They can't live off of welfare programs, food stamps, Medicaid, etc., very, very basic rule that you're going to come over to the United States and then be supported by tax dollars when the country's in $26 trillion in debt and, and is running a massive deficit. So Biden has reversed that. He has reversed that order, the public charge rule. So now they are going to grant visas to immigrants like they were under Obama, uh, even though they're, they're not proving that they could come over and not live off a government program. So they're basically, it's an invitation. Hey, come to the United States and we're going to literally support you. We're going to give you um, food stamps. We're going to give you Medicaid. We're going to give you all sorts of other amazing welfare programs. Congratulations, you hit the jackpot. And, and, and the most disturbing part of this, by the way, this is not Trump's rule. The public charge rule is not Trump's rule. This was misconstrued by the media. It was, this is a law. It's a law. It is U.S. law. I believe it was passed by Congress years ago 
the public charge rule that immigrants are not allowed to obtain a visa if unless they can prove that they're not going to live off of government programs. It's just that Trump defined it. Trump defined it and said, wait a second. Until Trump, believe it or not, it didn't include that either they weren't enforcing it or it didn't include Medicaid and food stamps. And Trump listed all the different government programs. But again, the, the actual law was in place well years before Trump took office. Just Trump said, you know, what, we're actually going to enforce this rule because it makes a whole lot of sense. This rule is a no brainer. And yet, and yet here Biden is going and reversing it. Somebody should file a lawsuit against Biden for this. We'll see if that happens. All right. And finally, COVID, a WHO panel has come out and said that the pandemic could have been prevented. Yes, this was an, a panel that was appointed by the WHO, the disgraceful WHO, who bears culpability and responsibility um, for the pandemic, for the spread of the pandemic. Well, an independent panel that was appointed by the WHO says it was avoidable. If world leaders had acted the right way, this could have been avoided. This is, this is the IPPPR, the Independent Panel for Pandemic Preparedness and Response. Uh, they are criticizing global leaders saying that um, the pandemic, the spread of the pandemic, the widespread of the pandemic could have been avoided. Um, they were, as I said, appointed by the WHO. And the review says that the efforts to stop the spread were inconsistent and underfunded. And the report chastises the alert system for being slow and subdued. One leader of this panel said, quote, February of 2020 is a month of lost opportunity to avert a pandemic as so many countries chose to wait and see. For some, it was not until hospital ICU beds began to fill that more action was taken. And by then, it was too late to avert the pandemic impact. What followed then was a winner-takes-all scramble for PPE and therapeutics. Globally, health workers were tested to their limits. And the rates of infection, illness, and death soared and continued to soar. The situation we find ourselves in today could have been prevented. An outbreak of a new pathogen, SARS-CoV-2, became a catastrophic pandemic that has now killed more than 3.25 million people and continues to threaten lives and livelihoods all over the world. It is due to a myriad of failures, gaps, and delays in preparedness and response. This was partly due to failure to learn from the past, end quote. So really, really powerful and horrifying, terrifying words there by this independent panel. That was appointed by the WHO. So if anything, they'd have every reason to cover up the truth. So, And maybe it's even worse than they're reporting. I don't know, but let's take it at face value. They're saying that many of the deaths could have been avoided, uh, avoided prevented. The, 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 the pandemic, the spread of it could have been prevented, could have been avoided to a large extent. And um, there were just all sorts of failures. And, and, and again, remember, Trump was one of the first to respond. And Trump banned travel to China. He was called a xenophobe. Trump took a lot of heat from Democrats. Later, they criticized him, saying he didn't do enough on COVID. But he, uh, he actually prevented uh, who knows how much damage that could have happened quicker uh, in the United States because Trump was, was willing to make those very courageous decisions against travel from China and Europe and other, and other places very early on. But again, they are saying that you know, the politics took over and that the leaders, they sat there and waited and they didn't respond quick enough and they knew it was coming. And uh, that led to really just just an absolute catastrophic situation. And again, it's heartbreaking. You know, I, I don't it doesn't give me any pleasure to say this. I don't like politicizing this, but we need to be aware of this. It's so important to have this awareness. And where's the accountability? Will there be any accountability? I, I, you know, are, are the world leaders who were negligent? And even worse, malicious in, in some cases, and uh, led to who knows how much harm you know, and suffering. Uh, is there going to be any kind of accountability? Meanwhile, 
Another group of top scientists are calling for a deeper investigation into the origins of COVID-19. And we've seen this again and again. These letters that are written by top scientists, they don't have a political agenda. They just want to get to the truth. They want to make sure this doesn't happen again. And if you don't know how the virus spread to begin with, then then how are we going to prevent it from happening again? A caller the other day asked me, he said, is there any evidence that it came from a lab? To me, it's so clear that it came from a lab. I mean, it came from Wuhan. The, the largest viral lab in the entire China, and they have thousands, thousands of viruses, just like COVID-19, thousands of coronaviruses in that lab. I mean, what are the odds that it didn't come out of that lab? But is there any evidence? The answer is yes. Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, he said, quote, there's enormous evidence that the virus escaped from, from, from a lab, from the lab, the Wuhan lab, and Robert Redfield, the head, who was the head of the CDC, and he's not, he's not a partisan, Robert Redfield said that it most likely escaped from the Wuhan virus lab. That doesn't mean that China actually created, developed the virus in a lab. I wouldn't put that past them, but it doesn't mean that. It's possible that they were researching it and um, and it escaped, but that's, uh, you know, that doesn't change anything. And the other evidence is that uh, uh, you actually have American scientists, American scientists, American epidemiologists, researchers, they went to that lab, they inspected that lab years before the the, 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 the pandemic happened. They, went, they were at that lab, something like in 2017 or 2018, and they inspected the lab and they said, something's going to leak here. This is a pandemic waiting to happen. That was their report back to the United States. And they, they, they were prophetic. They said it and they predicted it. And that's exactly what ended up happening. So are you telling me that's all just coincidence? I mean, there's, there's a wealth of evidence. I'm not saying it's irrefutable, but you, you, you have to be, you know, how can you not see that as being like the most likely scenario? Meanwhile, in a letter that was published Thursday in the academic journal Science, a group of 18 prominent scientists called for a truly independent investigation into the origin of the virus, including the theory that a lab accident released the virus. Remember that WHO report, which said that it was extremely unlikely the virus escaped from the lab in Wuhan. That report was criticized by many who said the investigation was not extensive enough and they didn't allow access. The Chinese government did not allow access to the people who were doing that investigation. We know that. They were just in the tank for China, and they were in the pocket of China. It was a joke. That investigation was a total joke. It was bogus as anything. Uh, Meanwhile, the letter published on Thursday says there were no findings, according to that report, there were no findings in support of either a natural spillover or a lab accident, yet the team of investigators assessed the zoonotic spillover from an intermediate host theory as likely to very likely, and the lab accident theory as extremely unlikely, the letter says, quote, the two theories were not given balanced consideration. As scientists with relevant expertise, we agree with the WHO Director General, the U.S. and 13 other countries and the EU that greater clarity about the origins of the pandemic is necessary and feasible to achieve. We must take hypotheses about both natural and laboratory spillovers seriously. Until we have sufficient data, a proper investigation should be transparent, objective, data-driven, include, inclusive of broad expertise, subject to independent oversight, and responsibly managed to minimize the impact of conflicts of interest, end quote. Basically what they're saying is, we just want a fair investigation. We want to make sure this pandemic doesn't happen again. We are scientists. These are people who they do follow science. They're not conservatives. They're not Trump supporters. They just want to get to the reality, to the truth, and they just want a, a legitimate investigation, not one that is tainted and controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, is it going to happen? It better happen. There needs to be more pressure for that to happen. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.